to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and thank you so much for listening to the dr pat show this is the dr pat show talk radio to thrive by that is sort of the level up because that's what we do on this show we help you take it to the next level doesn't matter where you are but we help you be inspired to pick it up and move it on and that's what this show is about so thriving is the deal it's the deal that separates you from your freedom uh the thing that separates you from your freedom is being in this place of stuckness and hopelessness and um and and i've been there and that's why i can do this show uh, I've had more crust on me than I'm, uh, I, can t- I can tell you about in the short time period that we've had. And I want to say this to you. It isn't who you are, and it's certainly not about who you are meant to be. And so this show is to uplift, inspire you, and to help you live life full out. And today's guest, you know, I have to say this. Let me just, let me just say this. Today we're going to talk about, as I said yesterday, you know, this is uh, Walter Link is one of our guests, upcoming guests and speakers at the the Sacred Activism uh, Conference that is going to be held here May 11th through the 14th. Lots going on. That program should be up very soon now. I know Stephanie's working on it. And uh, there are so many people involved in this. This is such an amazing conference that uh, you will just be blown away. So I want to encourage each and every one of you to check it out and sign up now before these seats go. This is a limited. I mean, the, the Linwood Center is like limited. This is not quest field so if you are even thinking about going it's going to be really important that you check it out go to www.wisdomuniversity.org www.wisdomuniversity.org and when stephanie durham's on tomorrow we can check in with her and say where to program and we'll get that information as well but let me tell you about my guest today i have interviewed many people i have interviewed uh people that are leaders in the field of human potential i have interviewed uh deepak chopra i have interviewed uh, uh people that are changing this planet in a profound way i have interviewed the number one marketing consultant in the in in in, the, in 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 our country and i don't know if i've ever come across how do i say it a set of information on any one individual a set of information that is so inspiring to me about the journey the purpose the values the dedication and the commitment of my guest today, Walter Link. Now, it says in his bio that he is an inspired pragmatist. Yay, indeed, for that. But I want to tell you that we're going to talk to him about his journey, about what he does, and then we'll talk about uh, this upcoming event. Because Touching on the topics of corporate social responsibility and sustainability, touching on the topic of civil societal activities in a sustainable civilization, 
touching on leadership and facilitation at work, touching on the consciousness movement, youth and formal education, many, many things that, for me, have inspired me. And so with that in mind, let me introduce you to one of the upcoming um, presenters at the, the uh, Sacred Activism Conference right here in Seattle, uh, Dr. Walter Link. Uh, thank you so much for joining the show today, sir. My pleasure. Thank you, Dr. Pat. And please call me Walter. I will call you that for sure. Uh, I'm going to ask you this question that I ask everyone on the show, and it's going to start out like this. I've just given people sort of a glimpse of your journey and what you have uh, decided to do for your life and for the people on this planet. And along the way, the question that I would ask you is, what are some of the obstacles, what are some of the challenges that you personally, Walter Link, has had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? <clears throat> well, I think the, <clears throat> the first thing that um, when you were just talking about me, um, you, you mentioned the journey. And so I think the uh, first important thing is the setting. How did the journey begin? And it began for me in Germany, uh, being born in 1959, uh, so just growing up in the 60s and 70s. And it was a quite amazing but also very challenging time because it was the time when my generation and, and the generations before me became aware of the extent of the horror that had happened through the Third Reich and that the people that were surrounding us as our parents, as our teachers, as our politicians, as the policemen at the corner, as the baker in the bakery, all in some way were involved in. And so I think one cannot understand my journey without going back to that time when you start facing a history so stark that you can't turn your face away from it. In some way, the, the victors of the Second World War, um, because they were the good people in that war, uh, had an easier time to forget about you know, uh, French and British colonialism, uh, the uh, genocide towards Native Americans, uh, the Stalinist um, genocide of millions and millions of people in the Soviet Union because they were the victors and they overcame this greatest of all historic evils, the Third Reich. But for us, there was no escape. So we were thrown into facing this and it was extremely challenging because, of course, it takes a great uh, spiritual and emotional and personal maturity to be able to face such difficulty. And so the first uh, years as a teenager that I was dealing with this, I dealt more with it uh, kind of intellectually. Mm. We looked at the horrible historic and political and sociopolitical and economic and cultural realities, and we tried very hard to be different. But... I later, in my early 20s, when I finally was ready to really face the depths of the emotional pain, uh, I realized that 
you know, we were too young. We weren't supported to really face the enormous pain that is represented in all those historic figures. Just the, the deep, deep weeping that started uh, in my early 20s when I was working on two movies about the continuity of history, the continuity. How is such a psychological and, and political reality like the Third Reich continue into the future in a country like Western Germany that was so... Uh, exemplary in terms of uh, social services and democratic freedoms and and you know and facing its history but somehow how does this continue and I started to look into the environmental uh, crisis the, the way how we do not care of the environment how we do not really take care of what we then call the third world how we were starting to have new wars of uh, imperialism uh, uh, around the world. You know, it was the time of the Vietnam War, of course, and, and the, the good intentions that were partly there in that war, but also the dark realities of that war. So, so I was starting to open into that, and it was really opening me into a deep personal crisis. And after you know, spending years deeply researching that and working on that and crying literally every day for hours about the, the incredible pain that was present in that time, I finally kind of my own heart broke open and I could then work with my own personal psychological and spiritual story. And it took me from being somebody who was more of a social activist and a business leader uh, who had been trained to be and wanting to change the world through business practices and politics and social change. It took me all the way to be, you know, joining a spiritual community and ending up for years also being a spiritual teacher and a meditation teacher and a psychological counselor. Um, and so that's really the beginning of my journey. You know... Um I can hear in your voice, I can hear how deeply you have been touched and how, how deeply passionate you are to create positive change in this world. And positive change isn't always, you know, looking through rose-colored glasses. And within that frame, you come to Seattle now and we'll be presenting at the Sacred Activism Conference coming up. And one of the things that uh, you talk about in, in one of the correspondence is looking at the time, the time between paradigms we are living in and what we're calling the wisdom civilization. And in the depth and the breadth of what you have done in your life up to this point, what can you say about the paradigms? What can you say about where we are, what some of the paradigms are, what people are holding on to, and what, what are people really, at this point, just hungry to let go of, but not really sure how to do it? Yeah. Well, I think we truly are in a time between paradigms. And 
And that is why you can look in one direction and see uh, absolute horror of environmental destruction, of human rights abuses, of torture, of the um, uh, you know weakness of our democratic systems, of corruption. I mean, you look anywhere, and you you know can get scared, and you can get depressed, and you can get hopeless, and you can think, "Will this never end? Will we never learn?" Why are we still doing the same mistakes that we have done for decades and for centuries? And at the same time, you know, like the, the one side I just described is kind of the darkness before the, mm-hmm. the dawn. Uh, you can look into every sector of our society and you can see, I feel, incredible hope. And it isn't just better ideas or better theories, you know, which was what the 60s and the 70s were about. We, we faced the horrors and we came up with great new ideas. But over the 80s and the 90s, that for many people were kind of more depressing times because they seemed less inspired. Mm-hmm. But if you look at what really happened throughout all these sectors, you can see that this inspired pragmatism was happening in them. And from the idea that our Western medical system is limiting, we actually developed a very pragmatic and functioning new approach to medicine, which we call integrative or integral medicine. Amen to that. Yeah, where we take the best of ancient healing practices and new spiritual approaches to healing and combine it with the best of Western scientific and mechanical um, uh, uh, medicine, and we come up with these incredibly effective healing practices that, of course, still need to be improved and that need to now be made available to everybody, not only in this country where we still have 40 million people without health coverage, but to people around the world. So we need to make this affordable. But we now know how to reform our healthcare system. We have learned about prevention. We've learned about the importance of psychological, spiritual attitudes and, and practice in that. So I think it's incredibly hopeful. And it's not anymore just a nice idea. It is a pragmatic, and that's why universities from Harvard to Stanford uh, and around the world are integrating it into their teaching and integrating it into their hospitals. And um, you know, when I helped to integrate that into Einstein Medical School, one of the country's leading medical school, uh, we made very sure that we didn't want to have it as a, as a kind of a special course, like an integrative medicine course, right. but to take it into each of the courses of the curriculum. So even that it just is part is maybe, you know, uh, 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 one lecture out of ten lectures or five minutes out of each hour-long lecture, but that it is in there and that it becomes part of our system. And you can see that same hopeful development in the economy, which of course still is very unsustainable. But when you look at the, the way that the markets are changing, what consumers now want, 
what investors demand, uh, what staff members expect of their companies. They want sustainability. They want social responsibility. They want environmental responsibility. They want a different way. And we are gradually getting a different way at the same time as you have Enron and WorldCom and, and all the rest. So we are truly in a time between paradigms where depending on where you look, you find these different realities. And, and of course, unfortunately, our mainstream media are more focused on the bad news. And so you have to go to shows like yours to hear more about the good news. Mm-hmm. And there are more and more people doing that. I, I can tell you um, uh, that uh, this station, KKNW AM 1150, uh, in general has exploded in terms of the people that listen to the station. Now with the Internet, now you can listen streaming over the Internet. That this kind of programming, one, is, is rare. This station is pioneering. And now you're starting to see other people sort of copycat the station. And that's what's going on and I love that it is because what it what what it happens for me is when you see others looking at what you're doing and saying wow I'm going to do that too that really says something about what's happening doesn't it yes absolutely and and I think what it speaks to is the incredible success uh, that civil society organizations from you know Greenpeace to Amnesty from all of those in this, all these different sectors have had to really shift the values around this country and countries around the world. Because I think it's important to understand that this is not only a California phenomenon or a West Coast phenomenon or a U.S. phenomenon. This is happening mm-hmm. throughout Western and Eastern Europe. It's happening throughout Latin America. It's happening throughout Asia and Africa. I mean, this is something, a truly new paradigm. And this paradigm, even though it has many cultural diversities throughout the regions of the world, it is also has a unifying quality that in some way um, is based in our joint humanness. I think we are really in the process of discovering what it means to be a human being, both in our um, uh, specific individuality and in the unity of being uh, one unified field of humanness. Oh, that's, that is beautiful, beautiful. Let's take a short break, Walter. Uh, for those of you just tuning in, this is the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by, and that's me. And we call this the Dr. Pat Show because you call this the Dr. Pat Show. And we really honor your feedback. It is still the home of crust busting. We have many new things coming up. What I want to say to you that Walter Link is one of the upcoming, one of the presenters at the upcoming Sacred Activism Conference. This conference is creating quite a buzz here in the Seattle area. It is the first of its kind. From what I understand, there are now 13 requests all across the country, that list is growing, to take this idea and really bring it into reality, into manifestation, as Walter 
himself is known as an inspired pragmatist. That's what we're doing with this. It's a way to bring all of us together in a way that really honors the dignity of the human spirit, as Walter Link just said, about being a human being. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the conference, about a wisdom civilization, about some of the excitement, some of the things that each and every one of us is really longing for inside and how to have that come to the surface and be all you can be. I'm Dr. Pat. We'll be right back. What if it was actually possible to be taught how to hear God's voice within you in a distinct and conversational way? If you desire to hear God's voice anytime you want to receive the peace, understanding, and inspiration you desire in your life, join David Paul and Candace Doyle, authors of the highly acclaimed book, The Journey That Never Was, to learn how to hear this voice as a recognizable voice within you on Saturday, April 1st from 9 to 5 p.m. at the Unity Church in Bellevue, Washington. Don't miss this unique opportunity. For more information, visit howtoheargod.com. That's howtoheargod.com. I'm Dr. Pat Basile, the host of The Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. I would like to help you take your empowering message to a community of people looking for products and services that honor the dignity of the human spirit, value all life on earth, and tap into the one true freedom we have, the freedom to choose. Let The Dr. Pat Show be your conduit to a global community of people who could benefit most from your product and service. Join the buzz. Be the buzz and let our success be your success. For more information, call me, Dr. Pat, at 206-523-5522. That's 206-523-5522. Join the Dr. Pat Show, the show that is changing the lives of thousands. Your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to discover what's preventing you or your business from obtaining your goals, dreams, and vision. The Inquiring Mind is your partner. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. as Stephanie Durham, professional life coach, presents ACES. Authenticity, choices, empowerment, and success. Spanning 25 years of successful business tenure, in addition to over four years of training with Caroline Mace at the CMED Institute, Stephanie's authenticity and vast knowledge helps you objectively explore wise choices with her finely attuned facilitator skills, leading you to personal empowerment and ultimate success. Do you know you have power to create what you want in your life and in business? You do. This message will self-absorb in five seconds. Call us toll-free at 1-866-461-6463. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Money with Max with author and coach Maxine Hindman is an hour of looking at the fundamental relationship we have with wealth. Once a month, we'll take a look at what it takes for you to bridge the divide between the heart and mind to attract, create, and maintain wealth in all levels of your life. Visit www.thenakedmillionaire.com or email Maxine at maxine at thenakedmillionaire.com to live life and prosper. 
would 40,000 people show up to a meditation camp with Paramahansa and Nithyananda? Why would the president of India go to his book signing? I am personally thrilled to be a part of another amazing training with Paramahansa and Nithyananda here in Seattle. For more information about Paramahansa and Nithyananda's events in Seattle, visit the website seattle.lifeblissprogram.org or call 425-246-1247. Get current weather, traffic, and news. Visit 1150kknw.com and stay informed with Alternative Talk 1150 AM. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this show. And I want to invite you all again to, uh, if you have any comments at all about this show, things you'd like to hear, uh, we're doing programming, we're expanding. We will have, starting Monday, April 17th, we will have Monday show, which is a drive time show at 5 o'clock. We will have Life Solutions with Mary Man and Morrissey on, on Friday. On the other end of that, Finding Your Music with Ava Sikowski and boy we're right here not going away when I announced this the other day some of you thought that I was going to the drive time and I wasn't going to be doing the 11 o'clock show Nope, that's not true. We're still 11 to noon, Monday through Friday. Going to keep doing it. Lots of great things. And we are 7 a.m. 7 a.m. on Voice America on Tuesdays. And we will be moving to, please write this down. Voice America is creating an Internet channel called Seventh Wave. That channel will be Internet Talk Radio, and it will feature leaders in the field of metaphysics, spirituality, progressive change, you name it. It's going to be fabulous, and we're thrilled about that. Today's show is about sacred activism, and my very special guest, as a matter of fact, the information that people sent to me about Walter Link... I am going to take this information when we put the profile up on the new website, and I'm going to put all of this information because the, the journey, the path, the passion, the values, what he calls himself an inspired pragmatist has just blown me away. And I've been reading his profile now since I've received it as a way to inspire myself to do the things that I'm meant to do here. So thank you, Walter Link, for joining my show today. And, you know, I'm thrilled. I, I can't wait for you to come to, to this conference. And we're talking about the wisdom civilization and sacred activism. So let's, in the context of what we've been talking about, let's have this conversation so that we can just embed this idea of a wisdom civilization. Yeah, so, of course, that's quite a mouthful. <laughs> I'm known for that. <laughs> Wisdom civilization. Um, and I'll, I'll explain how I got to this because, you know, we started out talking about my journey, and I think it's important to see how I got to this term. So, you know, reaching back again into my uh, uh, childhood, I really was raised and, and educated at universities and companies and so forth to take over a uh, an industrial group of companies in Europe and Southeast Asia. So my ba background was besides the 60s, 70s social activist, you know, social transformation background was one of uh, mainstream business. And um, as I 
you know, as my soul turned more and more of wanting to be of service and helping to bring about a different society, I um, dropped out of doing business, even though within the business, I think we also provide provided very valuable services. And, um, you know, we, we helped a lot to connect uh, Southeast Asia, in particular Thailand, with Europe, in particular Germany, and and uh, played a, uh, uh, you know, a significant social role in that besides running a company. And maybe we can talk about that more later. But what I wanted to do is I realized how powerful business was in society. And so I felt like if we want to have a fundamental transformation of our society, we need to have fundamentally different economy and companies within it. And so I started out throughout Europe at first and then later throughout the Americas creating these business networks where we brought together people like Ben Cohen from Ben and & Jerry's and Anita Roddick from The Body Shop yes. and many, many more, hundreds and later than uh, a couple of thousand business leaders and companies uh, from throughout Europe and throughout the Americas. And uh, that's also happening in other continents. And um, in that context, of course, because business touches all of life, um, you know, I got very involved um, uh, and continued my involvement from my, my, my student days with human rights, with the environment, with uh, medicine, with um, psychology and spirituality. And so really throughout all sectors of society and started to, to help, for example, develop the Human Rights Watch office in Brussels, which was very engaged with, you know, should a, a country like Turkey, where torture was still uh, quite prevalent, join the European Union or not? And uh, many other such uh, important questions were, were really grappled with. Should uh, human rights organizations support uh, the invasion of Western forces into the Bosnian civil war where genocide was happening. I mean, really profound, fundamental, uh, pragmatic, but also philosophical questions. And as I was grappling more and more with all these different topics and seeing all the different uh, activist organizations, my colleagues throughout the world, I noticed how segregated and specialized we all were and how little there was interconnection between, for example, the human rights movement and the environmental movement. And how often people were therefore not only missing the, the breadth of the problem and how to solve it more systemically. Because, of course, if you want to preserve the rainforest, you need to create better living for, uh, you know, conditions for Brazilian landless uh, farmers who are starving to death if they don't have an alternative. And so, of course, they will hack down the rainforest. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, or uh, companies would like to play <clears throat> um, uh, 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 workplaces, which, you know, Europe has a big unemployment problem. They would say, well, what would you rather have, employment or environmental protection? And so the people that were trying to work for employment, like the unions and so forth, they were not seeing themselves as part of working together with the environmentalists. They were pulled into that divisive uh, rhetoric. And 
However, when I was involved in all these different things, and as you have read my bio, it's like a very checkered career, and people would say, like, Walter, can't you make up your mind? Oh, I mean, like, why don't you, you know, doing human rights, you're doing the environment, you do genetic technology, you do integrative medicine, you do all of these different things. Why can't you just focus? And I asked myself the question of whether that was some kind of a psychological shortcoming in my structure where I just couldn't, you know, commit. And then eventually, because I also do a lot of spiritual practice and I, you know, do several hours a day and I do a number of months of retreats a year and it's really the core of my work uh, as an activist in the world is to do this inner work. And gradually what I felt in my meditations and in my inquiries, I felt a, a living presence arising, like a direct experience of how all of this that looks different and has different names is really just one wave of a new civilization that is arising. And actually, if you look beyond the surface of these different movements and look into their depth, you find that the qualities that are um, present in them are actually the same qualities. They really are just then expressing itself on the more surface level in different topics, yes. i.e. environment or human rights. But if you look, for example, at the... You know, we talked about uh, integrative medicine earlier, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that is such a fundamental new quality that we are finding. We are, we are integrating the best of different healing modalities, whether ancient acupuncture uh, or uh, modern chemotherapy, into a, uh, a new system, integrated system of healing that then gets individually applied to the particular situation of the human being that needs the healing. Now, if you look into what we also talk, corporate responsibility, that also is a process of integration. We are looking to integrate the necessity of companies to make a profit to survive, because yes. they don't survive with profits, but to make that profit while being a socially and environmentally responsible part of the community. So what used to be a paradox, a contradiction, i.e. corporate responsibility and profits, is gradually in this newly emerging wisdom civilization a integrative movement. It is coming together and it is gradually working more together. We are understanding now that if you want people in the rainforest to behave differently in terms of not burning it down, you need to bring human rights, you need to bring democratic rights, you need to bring economic opportunity to that area. And if you do that, people love to change. They want to be different. Nobody wants to act against the environment or against each other. But mostly they don't understand how to do it differently. And I think what is needed now is for us, to all of us, all the activists, all the you know, well-meaning business people, the well-meaning politicians, the, the media people like you and everybody to realize that this is one united 
movement of civilization arising and that we are really all working together in this. And I think it will give us a great sense of empowerment because, first of all, if I'm just a small civil society organization standing up against a big government or a big company, I am very easily feel like the David against the Goliath. Mm -hmm. And maybe that gives me the feeling that I'm the good, righteous David. But in the end, if I can't change the game, if I can't change the world, what does it help me? But if I realize that I'm really part of millions of people that each in their own way are working towards this new arising civilization and that we really need to work on many, many different spots. So it's okay that one person works on the environment and the other on raising their children and the third one on human rights and the fourth one on something else. Then we can, I think, develop the sense that we are really not alone in this and that it is life itself, the very vibrant creative force of life, which you can call divine, which you could call God, which you could call whatever you want. It's a, really the life force that is moving through us and that is allowing us to be creative and to be courageous and to be intelligent and to uh, further and further find new and pragmatic and inspired solutions for the many problems that are facing us. Oh, thank you, Walter. Uh, you know, let me just ask you this then. Isn't that the idea of sacred activism? Isn't this conversation we're having, isn't, isn't the conversation, you know, the inspiration uh, for the sacred activist uh, movement? Uh, yes, I would say, you know, what I would say is that the the wisdom civilization, and of course you could call it many different ways. Uh -huh. you know, and one doesn't need to get stuck in that particular terminology. Right. But um, I think it is the framework towards which sacred activism is acting, right? I mean, if you're an activist, you better know more than what you don't want. You also need to know what you do want. What is the alternative? Where do you want to take us? If you say that this particular uh, action of corporations are bad, well, what is your vision for a different economy and for a different corporate behavior? And so I think that the uh, wisdom civilization, or whatever we call it, is important to really think about so that you are uh, aware of where you want to go. And, of course, we will not know exactly how it looks. We will discover it little by little, and we, but we need to have a general direction into which to move. And, and then uh, I think we, we also need to look at the term sacred activism, right? Because we, mm -hmm. there is an intention here in calling it more than activism. How is sacred activism different from other activism? Let's hold that question because that is a wonderful question. And I want to do two things right now. Uh, you all are listening to the Dr. Pat Show. That's me. I'd like to invite you, if you've got questions, comments, 425-373-5527. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to answer that question. 425-373-5527. 1-888-298-5569. That's one 888 
1-800-898-5569. If you've got questions, comments, we'd love to hear from you. If you've been moved by this this show today and would like to weigh in, love to hear from you. Uh, Want to mention the upcoming Sacred Activism Conference is May 11th through the 14th. If you'd like to find out more about it, www.wisdomuniversity.org. And my guest today, Walter Link, is one of the key presenters at this conference, and we are talking about so many things. But the bottom line to all of this is that uh, this is about having a voice in what's going on in our lives, in the world, on the planet, in the universe. I'm Dr. Pat Basile. We'll be right back. the fire making memories let's pass around the coffee hear the whisper in the trees another day behind us the moon is on the rise finding your music with Ava tonight tune in Mondays and Fridays at 5 a.m. For finding your music here on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. This is Dr. Scott Lynch of Crown Hill Chiropractic, your center for maximized living. Listen for my maximized living tips on the Dr. Pat Show over the next 26 weeks. We will teach you value-driven health, showing how your core values and health paradigm determine your health and quality of life in the future. Visit us at 9776 Holman Road Northwest, Suite 109 in North Seattle, or on the web at www.crownhillchiropractic.com, or give us a call at 206-782-8800. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. The Empowering Your Life Seminar is coming to Seattle, April 28th to the 30th. Are you ready to do the things you wanted to do? Create what you want in life now and in the future? Empowering Your Life techniques give you the power to make personal changes quickly and easily. You can change your life and you can change yourself. It can be painless. It doesn't have to take months or years. It can take weeks or days or no time at all. For more information, call 800-800-MIND. That's 800-800-MIND or visit nlp.com. Bonjour. My name is Veronique Raskin. I founded the Organic Wine Company 25 years ago. If you love wine and have not tried our French wines, you are in for a treat. Nowadays, people everywhere are buying organic fruits and vegetables because they know they taste better. Organic grapes are so luscious. When turned into wine, you can really taste the difference with every sip. So our wines are delicious and eco-friendly. So I want to make it easy for you to try them out. Call me right away at 1-888-ECO-WINE and I will send you three of my favorite organically grown French wines at half off the regular price. That's just $25 for shipping. Isn't that magnifique? I think so. If you don't share my enthusiasm, I'll gladly refund your money. So take me up on my offer and call me at 1-888-ECO-WINE. E-C-O-W-I-N-E. Au revoir. Talk radio with a difference. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. That's it, baby. Hold your head up. Keep it up. Moving on. That's it. Because sweet dreams are made of this. They are made of you, me, 
everyone on the planet looking around, getting in touch with who we really are and honoring the dignity of the human spirit. Everyone, not just these folks over here and these folks over here or these companies over here. These It's about the love. It's about all of it and praising and raising and, and at the same time taking action. Um, my guest today is Walter Link, and he is also a presenter at the upcoming uh, Sacred Activism Conference. We left before the break with the question about sacred activism, what is it and how is it different? And so, Walter, let's have that conversation. Yeah. Good. So we were talking about, uh, before the break, about the wisdom civilization, this new phenomenon that is really a, um, that's underlying all these different fields of activism, whether it's the environment, human rights, integrative medicine, etc., and really brings them all together into one field of uh, deepening and action. And so the question is, why would we make a difference between the term just activism and sacred activism, or as it's sometimes called, spiritual activism or conscious activism? So we somehow want to qualify activism, right? Yes. And uh, I think that points to uh, something that our great, uh, or at least my great heroes like Mahatma Gandhi or Martin Luther King or Mandela uh, and so forth stand for they they did not only want peace they wanted peace by peaceful means that's a huge difference that's i think that's worth saying again yeah so this so what does that mean peace by peaceful means when you are in the center of a conflict it mean i think to just hang back and give up so I think it doesn't say that sacred activism isn't also aggressive in your face. Like the activism of King and Gandhi and, and Mandela certainly uh, were very courageous, very powerful, very strong coming out. It wasn't just a kind of a sweet, um, pink, new age idea of always being nice to each other. But I think the question is, where are you coming from within yourself when you are performing acts of activism? And as you probably know, Gandhi was um, basically considered his whole life a spiritual exercise. Mm -hmm. He saw that the world surrounding him and what she had such a profound impact was significantly less significant than what he calls called truth, which was, and you know, you know, he called his biography experiments with truth. Mm -hmm. And he stood for the deepest human potential. And I think what we are seeing in sacred activism is the overcoming <clears throat> of a split that has been so hurtful, so difficult, and so unpragmatic and uninspired. Uh, throughout the Western world, which is that on the one hand you have psychological and spiritual practitioners who are trying to understand themselves and try to find what we call self-realization. And then on the other hand you have the people in the world who said, oh God, that's all stupid navel-gazing, that's a waste of time, the world's burning up and we need to put out the fires. 
and we don't have time for any of this inner work. While the meditators say, oh, you know, I'm not quite clear enough yet. I can't yet take the responsibility of taking out fires. Mm -hmm. So I don't have time for that. And I think both is very understandable. And I think it's important not to fall into narrow-minded judgment about either of it. But I think there is a greater potential, which is to bring the two together and to understand that if you want to be an effective activist, you need to get clearer and more effective inside yourself. And that means to become conscious and work through the very limiting ego structures and limitations of narcissism and, um, and schizoid defenses and, and all the rest of it that are keeping us locked in and away from our deep spiritual potential of really being loving, of really being powerful, of really being clear, of really being creative. And so I think that we can't really uh, claim to be uh, a sacred activist or anything um, uh, approaching even this very highfalutin word if we are not trying to both be engaged in the world and trying what we can do to bring it towards more sustainability or more peace or more wisdom, and on the other hand, to uh, uh, work on ourselves so that we can uh, become more effective instruments of change. And that, for me, is what sacred activism stands for, and that, for me, is what the Wisdom University stands for. Um, you know, a very uh, a provocative name for a university, Wisdom University, but it it is because it wants to go beyond just being an intellectual exercise, an academic exercise. It wants to say, no, we want to learn on all levels of our humanity, uh, both our intellectual and mental capacities, but also our heart and our belly and our capacity to act so that we can come back to the old understanding, the ancient understanding of universe, which was a place where you found yourself in the universe, your role in the universe, and were empowered to get into the world and act. Isn't this upcoming conference an invitation for, uh, to, uh, to, to have each and every one of us feel the empowerment and, and, and the power that we have in creating change? Absolutely. I think that's exactly what it's about. And <clears throat> that's why I you know, congratulate the organizers who have worked so hard for doing that. And you... And, and your very important radio program, which is promoting this, because I think without people like you, who have the depth of, of uh, a commitment to change and also uh, the commitment to inner transformation, it would be impossible to um, really bring about and empower this movement of this, this a more reflective form of activism that does in no way reduce the importance of what Greenpeace and Rainforest Action Network and many others are doing. But it, it wants to add the component of reflection, uh, contemplation. How are we going to do what we are going to do? Not only having the goal in mind, but in a way being the change that we want to see in the world. Right? My, as Gandhi said, my life is my message. That means it's not only what I say, but it's how I say it, and, and more importantly, who I am while I'm saying it.
thank you. Thank you so much uh, for joining this show today. Uh, and, you know, those words, being the change you wish to see in the world, I think for, for me, I have, you know, I've heard those words for years. And, I, and at this point in time in my life, I'm getting a sense, don't really fully, not fully there, but I'm getting a sense of what it means to actually live my life in that way. And and what I would like to say to all of you listening is that this is the first uh, sacred activism conference of its kind. And Seattle, again, uh, is the city that has been selected to give birth to this beautiful, beautiful invitation. And so many, many things will happen at this conference, including uh, uh, sessions that uh, involve my guest today, uh, Dr. Walter Link, and many others. And an invitation to each and every one of us to come together because it is when two or more are gathered, we get to build on the shoulders of all that have come before. And then others that come after us build on those shoulders. And we keep growing and we keep building. And in that statement and what I've just said, uh, Walter, uh, I would like to ask you in closing the show, what is your personal message for our listeners today? Uh, well, let me start by saying that I'm not a doctor. Okay. I'm in the process of doing a doctorate, but I'm not a doctor yet. Well, you know, well, I, I, it must be my psychic abilities. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, my, I mean, my personal message, you know, is, is that it's all of us. You know, it isn't, it isn't anymore about white knights and shining armors. It isn't anymore, uh, yes, it's great to have some visionaries who can say it well and who can help us. But it is us. We are the evolution. We are the wisdom civilization. And I think it's really important that we can be exactly the way we are, meaning with all our limitations. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm doing several hours of spiritual practice every day. I'm doing several months of where I just do spiritual practice the whole day. Just because I need it. <laughs> I mean, I... And I'm, I'm by in no ways enlightened. I'm in, you know, I'm no ways, I think there is so much hoo-ha and so much pretense by some teachers trying to look, you know, the way people should be. I think if we all would be more honest with who we are, with the diversity of who we are, that we do have deep love, that we do have creativity, that we can come out really make a difference and that we do get sad and that we we do get angry and that we can have more humility in the way with which we are with each other and more vulnerability and and really see like this is only going to happen if we are going to do it together beautiful nobody is going to win against anybody corporate mainstream lobbies are not going to win over civil society and civil society is not going to win over the bad business there is the extremes there are the difficult people the difficult organizations but we need to find a way together all right thank you so much thank you everyone we'll see you tomorrow with stephanie durham come visit walter link at the upcoming sacred activism conference i will be there we're hoping to do a live broadcast and this this archive will be up very shortly this is a powerful show thank you all for listening
Thank you for joining us today for the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. The Dr. Pat Show can be heard live Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. on KKNW AM 1150. And every Thursday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific on voiceamerica.com. So join Dr. Pat live or listen 24-7 at www.thedrpatshow.com. Views expressed on the preceding program are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. 